This is Drive Tuesday. Ralph McTell's in town. He's going to be playing at the concourse at Chatswood this coming Friday, the 9th of February. Good afternoon, Ralph. Good afternoon. Lovely to see you. Well, thank you very much. This is, what, your 10th tour of Australia? Uh, 15th. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm told. I, I mean, they kind of blur, but every time I come back, there's new buildings and uh, I don't recognise where I've been. You know, it's just incredible changes that are going on here. Incredible. You must like us to come back. I love you. I love you. I love your country. I like the attitude. I like the people. Yeah, everything about it. Yeah. So um, you're doing it at quite an extensive tour, a couple of months, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, for an old boy, they keep reminding me. I wish they'd stop saying it because uh, I'm absolutely thrilled to be back and to be here. Um, it is quite intensive. It's really not the playing and that's it's the travelling that kind of is a little wear in airports and stuff like All that. All of that, yes. But I'm not complaining. Don't get that as a... It's not a complaint. I love you look being, in good shape. Well, um, Looks can be deceptive, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm really you know on top of it and wanting very much to get started on the tour, which is I think a couple of days time we begin. It is you're playing mm. at uh, Chatswood, yeah. the concourse in Chatswood on Friday. I started the show with a track from your most recent album, 2019 mm. album Hill of Beans, yeah. at West Fourth uh, Street and Jones. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Well, like um, many men of my age, I think that album, Freewheeling, which Bob Dylan brought out in 1963, was the moment where you all thought things... These new songs, this new way of looking at, at things, it was just what we'd been waiting for because there was a movement in England, especially in London, Liverpool and probably Glasgow as well, where Americana music had really taken the imagination of the young musicians who were learning to play guitar and everything, but here was, a, here was somebody writing the songs as well. And there were two things about that fantastic album. First, one song was called Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Which, which you did e- an album. Yeah. yeah, which every young fellow would have liked to have had that sort of attitude to his girlfriend. And there on the cover was a young couple in their early 20s, I imagine. I was about 18, I think, at the time. And walking down the street, very much in love, and everything was full of promise you know and so it went I mean we were playing guitars and singing and learning blues and writing beginning to write songs when November came and Kennedy was shot and the dream that things had changed we were slapped back to reality that's why I say spring came late and winter came early you know with that assassination we had to grow up very quickly so there was an indication that music perhaps wouldn't change everything and that the ideals that we were... Well, certainly this bloke sitting here had that, you know, music and everything was going to change. Uh, reality creeps in and, and gives you a reminder that things aren't always... don't always have the promise you hope for. After the assassination, which was in October 63, a group of musicians from England did their first tour back in about February, March 64. The Beatles, of course, mm. I'm talking about... And that did change the mood in America somewhat. It brought a, yeah. a vitality yeah. and an optimism. It, it helped bring the country out of the funk that it was in. I would say that's true. But, you know, for, for the serious students of the blues, as we were at 18 and stuff like that, they were regarded foolishly and ignorantly, really, as just pop boys. And then, yes. it's, you know, gradually we went, oh, hold on. Is that is that him playing the bass? Is that those voices, those harmonies? I mean, I... I was a secret admirer. I got Rubber Soul um, the following year, I think it was 64 or 65, 
and there was a lovely blend of stuff of uh, folk kind of things like Norwegian wood and yeah and and suddenly um, we were seduced by great music and of course that's what the Beatles played as well but I stuck firmly to my acoustic guitar and I began to think about writing songs or trying to and I was in various little combos duos and trios and things like that now obviously you influenced by Bob Dylan you've done an album called Don't Think Twice It's Alright and and have you had any interaction with him? Well, it's funny as you say that, yes, because I wrote Westforth Street and Jones for Sue's because I didn't think you'd ever get anything to Bob because, you know, he's he's played by people that hang around everywhere he goes and where he lives and he knows no peace. So I thought, I'm going to send this to Suze Rotolo because she had written a book called Freewheeling Time, which I loved. And she hadn't changed from her kind of radical left stance from when she was a young woman. But her parents were communists, weren't they? I, I think it was rumoured that they might have been, yeah. But it was all part of that great milieu of awakenings, if you, if you like to say. And Suze stuck to her beliefs and then... Before I'd finished a song, she passed away, sadly, and I was talking about this to a friend of mine, who I have to keep anonymous because he'd be plagued by people, someone I'd met years before, and we were at a festival, and I said, you know, I've just written this song, and it's finished now, and I played him that, and it was before it went on the album, because that's a live take of the song. And he said, well, I can get it to Bob. And I said, I just didn't believe it, you know. We call him his Bobness. I said, well, I'd love him to hear it. So he said, well, let me hear it. And so he listened to it, and he was in tears at the end of it. I I was very touched by the fact that he was moved so much by the song. And uh, he got it to Bob, and Bob wrote back the same thing. He said, tell Ralph he made an old man cry. (laughs) Oh, that's really nice. And so that was really nice. And so I thought, I wonder if he'd sign my album. And he said, no, he doesn't do any signing like that. My freewheeling album copy. (laughs) And I said, I can't be this close and not ask. (laughs) So I wrapped it up and gave it to this third party who got it to Bob. And Bob wrote back on it, from your streets to my street, studied nonchalance, which is a couple of words out of the song, Bob. (laughs) <laughs> and it hangs on my wall. I bet it does. <laughs> Closely guarded, yes. Yeah, yes, oh, yes. yeah, it's a very big, it's a treasure. Yeah. So Blind Willie McTell and other black musicians greatly influenced Definitely. you. Definitely. And that sort of p- finger-picking style. It's absolutely, the, it was the pianistic style of playing that I loved. And I just, I mean, with the exception of Blind Willie McTell, who branched out into religious songs like that one we were listening to just now, and Ragtime and Blues... The blues subject matter is kind of narrow, uh, but the guitar playing is sensational. And my heroes were, no particular order, but Blind Boy Fuller, who I loved because of the raggy kind of jolliness of Mm -hmm. his blues playing. And then one thing led to another, and I discovered Blind Arthur Blake, who still remains my favourite guitar player. Not a great singer, but an astonishing guitar player. And I've only ever heard one person that could get anywhere near what he was able to do with his right hand and, and his cording and his double thumbing and his rhythm playing and and the jauntiness of his guitar style. But you soak all these things up. And finally, when I realised I'm never going to sound like I came from Mississippi, although I love Robert Johnson's music just as much, I kind of evolved my own style based on what I'd learnt. Because I don't, I don't read music. I've just learnt to play by ear. And it's all in there. I mean, you, you won't say, oh, goodness, that sounds like Blind Willie Whittell or, or Robert Johnson, but they're in there. 
because that's how I learned to play. And finally, I, my own style emerged um, and my own songs emerged as well. Uh, but it's those wonderful musicians that taught me to play the guitar. And you changed your name, didn't you? Well, yes, there's another story. I was working with a wonderful guy called Wiz Jones who noticed when I'd come back from my trips around Europe, sleeping out and playing on the streets, I had improved somewhat on the guitar. Um, he heard me play and he invited me down to the west of England where he had some gigs. And he said, I think we're doing so well, Ralph, we'll have a poster made. And I said, oh, so, and my real name is May, M-A-Y. And I thought, Wiz Jones and Ralph May doesn't sound very exotic. So I said to him, do you mind if I change my name? And he said, yeah, change whatever. So I, because I've always loved Blind Willie McTell, I said, Ralph McTell sounds all right. So that's what happened. And then when I went to the, when I got my first record contract, I said, I'd like to change my name back to my real name. They said, what is it? And I said, it's Ralph May. And they said, oh, no, Ralph McTell's much better. <laughs> and, and they were probably right because it uh, hasn't done me any harm. Well, that's who I'm speaking to this afternoon, uh, Ralph McTell, who's on his 15th Australian tour, and he's due to play at the concourse in Chatswood this Friday, Friday the 9th. Now, your last album, it exudes such warmth, and I think your songs, there's a kind of melancholy to them. You, you write about grandfathers and steam trains, and w one of the songs that, not from that album, but much earlier album, that really affected me was England 1914. Children playing with hoops yeah, yeah. and the gaslighter, a man who isn't going to come back. That's right. And it, mm. there's a kind of achingness in that when you realise that I suppose it's the end of an innocent era exactly. before the start of World War One. Yes. That's exactly what it was all about. It was yeah. uh, It's not, not nostalgia because I wasn't there, but, you know, everything changed. And the biggest song, I think, that, that I've accomplished... I suppose it was really for the unknown soldier. I don't know if you've ever have come across that, the unknown soldier, which was a, an idea that came from a chaplain in the First World War that found an, a, an unmarked grave that just said "No None to God," mm -hmm. uh, buried in someone's back garden, a young soldier, and he got the idea of the unknown soldier, and um, they persuaded the government and the royal to create it and that's been duplicated all over the world and yes I got Billy Connolly to be the Scotsman, I got Liam Neeson to be the Irish voice and I got Anthony Hopkins to be the Welsh voice, it was just for the home nations for the boy that is buried in Westminster Abbey and it's uh, it's a period I miss that I think we were a gentler kinder place um, and that slaughter and the subsequent betrayal of the working class which continues in all wars where young men go and die for causes they don't fully understand and that was a marker for me uh, you're the first person incidentally that's ever mentioned that I think to me England 1914 it makes me um, sad to think about it but I put those that song and the new song and a couple of others that relate to that period as well on a little EP recently. Yeah, it's such a sad time. Near my parents' place, there was a new block of apartments, but in, in the garden, obviously it had been an old home or something there, there was a little um, plaque. It was dated 1920, and it said, Here lies Scotty friend of a soldier who died for his country and just think how aching that was a, a little dog yes. and you know that was the last connection that those people had Absolutely. presumably with their son and well there's a the fantastic thing is if you can call it up on youtube they have the whole of the funeral that took place 
at Westminster Abbey, and it is really beautiful because they only allowed widows and VC Victoria Cross awarded soldiers to attend the actual committal and so on. They shipped French earth into the cathedral to be so he was buried. Belgian marble slab on the top, and the lettering is from melted down shell cases. And the Queen Mother at the time, who became the Queen Mother, Elizabeth Bowes Lyon, when she got married to George VI, she asked that her bouquet be placed on the tomb of the unknown soldier. And that has become a tradition at all royal marriages, and they put their bouquet on there. And you're not allowed to tread on that part of the cathedral. Well, you've got to sing a song, aren't you? Well, you've asked me for a song, or two, <laughs> uh, a couple of songs, and I, yes, I'll have a go. Uh, which one would you like me to do well, first? Well, I'd like you to do the most obvious one, right. I suppose. Let's do that one, because it's more okay. like in keeping with the mood that I think um, we've been talking about. Yeah, this is a song that I um, wrote back in probably 1965 or 66 and didn't finish it. And when I did put it out, it was uh, under pressure from my producer in 1969, but it's been a song I can't really avoid and um, <laughs> I ended up feeling quite pleased with, really. <laughs> seen the old man in the closed down market kicking up the papers with his worn out shoes in his eyes you see no pride and held loosely at his side yesterday's paper telling yesterday's news so how can you tell me that you're lonely And you say for you that the sun don't shine Well, let me take you by the hand And lead you through the streets of London And I'll show you something To make you change your mind Have you seen the old gal Who walks the streets of London Dirt in her hair And her clothes in rags She's no time for talking Just keeps right on walking Carrying her home In to carry you back so how can you tell me that you're lonely And you say for you that the sun don't shine well, Let me take you by the hand And lead you through the streets of London And I'll show you something To make you change your mind Cafe at a quarter past eleven. The same old man 
sitting there on his own, looking at the world over the rim of his teacup, and each tea lasts an hour, and he wanders home alone. So how can you tell me that you lonely? And you say for you that the sun don't shine. Well, let me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of London. I'll show you something to make you change your mind. Have you seen the old man outside the seaman's mission? Memory fading with the metal ribbons that he wears, and in our winter city the rain cries a little pity for one more forgotten hero and a world that doesn't care. So how can you tell me that you're lonely? And you say for you the sun don't shine. Well, let me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of London. I'll show you something to make you change your mind. Ralph McTell, one of the best known and most loved. Songs of the last century. Thank you. <laughs> when I hear that song, I also think of another done much more recently by Ray Davies, Working Man's Cafe. Well, I don't know it. You don't know it? No, no, I know Ray. I was at the same college as him when we were really? about 15 or 16. Yeah. That's I, he something. don't remember me, but yeah. I remember him being a bit moody, but playing a lot of blues harmonica at the time. He, he was at Croydon Art College. Okay, well, The Working Man's Cafe, the, the album, is really about similar kinds of things to what you're singing in, in that song. And, and The Working Man's Cafe, the, the whole world's changing with supermarkets and all the rest yes. of it. You've still got these little lonely people in coffee shops and having their yes. sausages and mash or whatever, that, that kind of thing. It is a changing world, though. It is very much so, yeah, and Ray is one of the best observers of that, I think. I love his work. Yeah. I'll check that one out. Do check it out. I will. Yeah, Rookie Man's Cafe. Yep. Now, not only are you playing in Sydney, where else are you playing? Or, or do you know? Do you know what? I, I, wish I, I wish I could tell you. I just, uh, I've reached that stage in my life where I just get on the plane and go, wherever, yeah, or, or, where or the train you. or the yeah. car or wherever. The dates you, are all up on the website, so if you just yeah. type my name then, in, then you'll, you can you'll find all the dates, yeah. Yeah. I'd like you to finish by playing a song from your most recent album. Okay. Uh, from the 2019 album. Yeah. Oh, which okay, uh, is just so mellow. And the song is... It, it, uh, I bet got, I can't about... play it. I bet if without... Or, but, you know, they're so new to me still. I, I did have a um, mind of playing one that was more of a bluesy thing. You choose one. I'll choose one that kind of... We were talking earlier about the wonderful um, pianistic style of some of the old players like Blind Blake and so on. This song that I'm going to play is definitely owes a, a lot to me. Mr. Blake, but various other um, musicians. It's based on a true story. Uh, a friend of mine told me something that had happened to him, and I had to change some of the 
subjects and objects in the song just to get a song out of it, but it's basically the plot is almost exactly right. So this is called A Close Shave. Charlie Summers got a barber's shop and the prettiest wife in town. I saw him on the street the other day, said, I ain't seen you around. Won't you come in tomorrow and I'll give you a shave and it won't cost you a cent. I rubbed my chin, I thought, what's up with him? But the next day, there I went. Well, he did not smile when I said hello and I climbed into his chair. Just a shave today, that's all he said. I ain't got time to cut your hair. And he took the towel around my neck and he pulled it back real tight. I rubbed my chin. I thought, what's up with him? Something round here ain't right. took the cup and he whipped the soap and he slapped it on my jaw well i thought to myself that's a little bit rough some splashed on the floor then he covered my face till just my eyes peered out from under the phone and when i watched him hop to the razor strap i wished i'd stayed at home Well, he stropped that blade about 50 times As miserable as sin Then he jerked my whole head backwards He stuck the razor under my chin Then he leaned to me with a threatening tone That was full of stress and strife His beery breath scared me to death He said, if you been seeing my wife Oh, Charlie, I said as I spat out foam How long have we been pals? I don't know what you're talking about Must have been someone else Then he finished the shave and he towed me down And I went to pay the bill No charge, says he That's down to me And I walked out past the till fooling with his wife and him with a blade in his right hand sharper than any knife well whether or not he hit the truth I will take it to my grave but when I rub my chin I think of him that was a pretty close shave 
Love it. That's a close shave from Ralph McTell's most recent album, Hill of Beans. And he's going to be at the concourse in Chatswood this coming Friday, the 9th of February. Ralph, it's been lovely meeting you, and I wish you all the best for the tour. Thank you so much, Dave. It's been a pleasure.